What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another COTM Roundtable. And um, this week, our special guest is the one and only Pastor Chase Wiggins uh, from FCC Church. He is the main pastor at uh, the church that Jamal and I go to. And um, man, just some of the things and that we've seen and heard uh, within and outside of the four walls that he preaches within are just mind-blowing. And um, we actually have been holding on to this episode for probably about two or two or so months just because we wanted to make sure that the podcast and the platform was in a position that we were comfortable in to finally let this one out. And, um, you know, we also kind of wanted to get a feel for some of you guys and see what you do or don't need or, you know, kind of gauge where some of you guys are at in your faith. And um, I think this is the right time. With some of the episodes we have coming out, I I think it's finally the right time. And, um, yeah, we, um, Chase, we are so thankful, so grateful for uh, your time, your wisdom, uh, your love for the Lord, and we're truly humbled by moments that we have shared with you. So open your hearts and crack those notebooks because you are about to be blessed with an hour of just straight heat. But uh, <laughs> you're probably going to have to listen to it a few different times because even me, myself, before uploading this episode, I listened to it last week. I listened to it two days ago just to make sure that everything was right. And um Man, just so much that I still get from it every single time. Just like the Bible, every single time we we reapproach it, every single time we read the same verse, but we happen to be in a different circumstance. You just you get something else from it because you're in a different place in your life, and that's why the word is so great and it's just so alive and so relevant. So, without further ado, here we go. Um, I've kind of just been getting tugged in a bunch of different ways, and I'm just like trying to decide which ways I need to eliminate and which things I need to focus on. Just have a bunch of different, I don't want to say passion projects, but kind of um, with my own personal business, with the podcast and stuff like that, day jobs, school, you know, kind of just all of it. So with also just trying to even be myself because none of it's going to mm-hmm. really improve until I grow, um, especially with the COTM stuff. So just kind of been trying to figure everything out. Um, I had an exam, a licensing exam for uh, my Chase job yesterday. I did terribly on that. Um, <laughs> so laugh. <laughs> no, it's good. Uh, I've already kind of learned my lesson from it, but um, I don't know. Just interesting because I was like, okay, I'm gonna put my side business on ice right now to focus on school, to focus on my work because I I don't really have the job yet. I'm still in that process of getting it. I have to pass the licensing in order to even get it. Um, so from yesterday to today, I went from having a job where I was going to make six figures this year to possibly not having a job at all, um, which I'm not super freaked out about. I'm blessed in a lot of different ways and I I pick up things naturally so I can always bounce back and get another job. But this was a a hell of an opportunity. What were you going to be doing? Uh, I would be a banker, relationship banker. So any consumer small business accounts under 250k i can manage basically that's awesome. um, that's like kind of what my boy drew did he worked his way up the ladder yeah he works for chase bank actually oh, okay no, I think about that. Mm. yeah um yeah so you know i kind of gave something up 
started to buckle down on that and then that didn't work out for some of its own reasons. So I'm kind of waiting on until tomorrow morning to know if I even have a job or not because they're either going to keep me in that role and allow me to retest right now um, or they would put me in a non-sales role and I would have to wait six months or they give me nothing and I have no job. So I don't think that's going to be the case, but just uh, just kind of interesting. When I was leaving Verizon, I asked for um, a conducive situation to my success. That's what I prayed for. And, you know, whatever it is, give me that situation, that platform, so that I can grow and jump off of that, basically. Mm. And uh, Chase lined up perfectly with that. Uh, that was around the time we started COTM, and that's when that started picking up. Um, so <clears throat> I guess for me is I'm in a place now where I'm starting to let go of needing to know why each individual thing is happening. Mm. Um, I try to figure everything out. Like, why is God doing this? What's the reasoning for this? Okay, this put me into this. Okay, perfect. Boom, 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 boom. And then some of the things just like, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, don't, I don't know why yet, I guess. Um, so, yeah, kind of where I'm at. Mm. Interesting place, but... Um, like I said, always good. So, you know, it's not going to affect me as far as like growing and being positive and just like hitting that grind, um, bouncing back, but definitely an interesting place to be in right now. I just felt like it was just an amazing opportunity and I kind of shit on it. Excuse my language. Um, so a little bit of frustration for sure. So do you feel like it's your fault? Uh, I think there's definitely things I could have done to definitely make it happen for sure. So... You know, there was one time, man, where uh, I didn't pay off a parking ticket. Mm-hmm. It's like 25 bucks. Fix a ticket. I didn't pay it for a year, and it ended up being a ticket for like $2,900. And so I got pulled over. My car got impounded. It was like two years ago. My mm-hmm. car got impounded. And I basically waxed my savings for a $25 ticket. Yeah. And that'll never happen to me again. Right. Yeah. Sometimes the best lessons you learn are that'll never happen to me again. Yeah. Yeah. So, all things work together for the good, man. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes your hardest lessons are your best ones. So That's kind of where I was at yesterday. Just from being an athlete all your life, you realize you learn more from losing than you do from winning. Yeah. Um, yeah. Especially, <laughs> like by especially when you're used to winning, bro. And you're a gifted guy. Yeah. And when you're gifted, uh, you're used to things. Being natural. Just being very natural. Yeah. You speak well and you're gifted and sometimes, you know, we can, uh, it's human nature, bro. We can take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Lord comes in with humility and mm-hmm. wonder, God, yeah. Kind. yeah. And uh, he gives us another round. But, bro, you're, you're young, man. You got time. And even if it doesn't work out, bro, I promise you there's always going to be another job, another opportunity, you know, and it's just it's just learning. Right. Um, so then I, I guess the question to be able to communicate it to other people is like what do you tell the people that still feel the need still have that need to to want to try to know why even if they don't know like how do you let go of that need like what there's it's not just like mentally and just boom like all of a sudden that need is gone um how do you let go of needing to know why everything are you referring to a christian perspective or a secular perspective christian perspective uh from a christian perspective um you move into it with the understanding that all things, including failure, work for your good. Yeah. And so, for example, I think sometimes we try to... Uh, I'll attack it from two directions. Um, if we could fully c- 
conceptualize God, that would make us God. Right. So you have two things that take place. <laughs> I love Jamal. I love, I love Jamal. No, no. Like, truly. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 <laughs> Jamal, man, he's the most smarter. We just be having a ball, man. Uh, so uh, that would make you God. And if you could figure, fully figure out God, you would have no need for him. So here's, here's what, what takes place in the life of a believer. I have my senses. And my senses limit me to what I can see. Right. Right. And so that's why Jesus puts emphasis on you walk by faith and not by sight. Because he's saying what you see, your perception mm-hmm. of life right. is going to mess with your God concept. Right. Wow. That's why Jesus is like, look, without faith, you can't please God. That's an impossibility. This whole thing is rooted and grounded in faith. Right. And what you have to understand is that God is not in time. We are. Yeah. And since we're in time, things are constantly changing, even down to the human anatomy, growth, seasons. But God is the one thing, theologically, that does not change. So God has always been who he fully is currently. But when our situations change, that can oftentimes dictate our spirits changing. Which it's our spirits mm. that are aligned with our concept. For right. example, no one can ever say... The enemy is in my spirit. Right. That's an impossibility because that which is spiritual in the sense of God cannot cohabitate with evil. Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. So dwelling inside of you is God himself. So the enemy cannot attack your spirit. He attacks with your senses. Right. So your senses get attacked and all of a sudden you're limited in your thinking, which messes with your God concept, which ultimately messes with your spirituality. Jeez. And so people have to understand that in relationship to God and in relationship to things not happening the way they think that they are, that Mm -hmm. if you rely on your senses, then you're going to be anxious. You're going to be like, free, it gets a wrap. Because you're limited to you. Mm. But your concept of God, which is your belief about God, what you perceive about God, is something that is beyond you. It's supernatural. It touches another realm. Mm. So you view failure differently than everybody else because your concept says my God makes all things work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose your concept says that with that um, what the enemy intended for evil God will make good your concept says even though I know I should have prepared for this God in his sovereignty knew this was gonna happen and I'm his son and I've never seen the righteous the righteous go without bread your, your concept is the your concept about God and your belief about God is the main thing that battles your senses but the enemy always attacks your senses the doctor says cancer I'm gonna die this is gonna happen this is gonna happen that's what I sense that's what I perceive yeah and that's where we go back to the book right and that's where we go back to faith and that's why that's why when Peter professed to Jesus that he was the son of God mm-hmm. and Caesarea Philippi and he's a carpenter he's like you're him you're the Christos you're the son of the living God that's why Jesus is like man only my father in heaven could have told you that, Peter. Right. That's a God concept. <laughs> yeah. Only my daddy revealed that to you because that's not natural. Yeah. Right. And so it's it's very, very similar in how we how we uh, have our situations that pop up. The enemy will always attack our senses. He'll attack what we see. He'll attack what we hear. He'll attack what we feel. He'll attack what um, the other two. He'll, he'll attack what we touch. Like He'll always attack the senses because that's within time. Right. And it's hard to live in the reality that God is unchanging. 
when we're constantly changing, we're, even from babies, they're constantly growing. And then right. you reach a certain point of growth and you begin closer, you begin to get closer and closer to death. It's an ever-changing mechanism and your God is constant. It, it's a hard thing to see, but when you understand the character of God by being in His presence and reading His Word and prayer and, and that intimacy, you, you view things through His lens. That's why, even like I preached on Tuesday, if you're able to see what God sees, it's a lot easier for you to do what He does. Right. It's tapping into those spiritual lenses. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. Man, I love so you. So funny. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. He's some fire. Yeah. He's, he's every time. Me. Every time. Because I need it. I need um, it. So that, that's what I would that's what I would say. So then, does the confusion of God's favor just come from whether or not it's in your interest? Basically, you know what I'm saying? Because if I'm like, oh, well, this isn't happening in my favor right now, therefore I lose that concept, you know what I'm saying? I struggle with that. Well, like, if, if somebody in a situation, like, okay, like, let's say I lost the job and I was like, oh, my gosh, like, that obviously could not, like, that wasn't in my favor, obviously, so... Mm-hmm. You know, people will tend to lose faith because that outcome, that current outcome, isn't Didn't, in their right. um, favor. So then, that's just more just confusing it upon what you want for yourself. Well, then if your concept of God is limited, not speaking to you, but right, but right, yeah. If someone's concept of God is is limited to whether or not they get a job, mm. that's Santa Claus. Yeah, that's a genie in a bottle. Um, the Lord disciplines the ones he loves. And it's it's imperative that people understand that when Jesus was teaching the disciples to pray, the relationship that he established between God and us, his sons and daughters, are father. That's that's the opening line. When you pray, refer to him as dad first. He's mm-hmm. your dad. Now, my father, my earthly father, I had a I have a very good one. He would teach me things and not allow me to have things that I thought I needed. Mm -hmm. The reason why is because he saw things from a bigger perspective than I could. Now, as we begin to grow, that's why Jesus, when we begin to grow in God, and as we begin to grow in our age, oftentimes we begin to grow out of God. Like there's no longer a need. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's why Jesus says in Matthew, you must become like a child to enter the kingdom of God there's always a codependency that is established in your relationship with your father because in the way that he describes himself he says as far as the dust is from the earth so my ways are above your ways and so again you have to conceptualize that like okay so god says that the earth is his heaven is his throne and the earth is his footstool he puts his feet on top of the earth how big is god really yeah like with the billions and potentially trillions of stars, he's given them identity. He's given them an identity. He knows every single one by name. Yeah. He pioneered and CEO creation through his words. Yeah. The breath of God brought life to everything that was around us. He shaped the words through his mouth. Like, I mean, I can create fire through wood gasoline and a flame but God says fire and fire shows up right all three of those show up you know what I mean like that that, that's that's the God that that I serve but again that's my view of him right that's my concept of him and oftentimes, bro this is where it gets good Oftentimes, your situations not going the way you want them to go is oftentimes an indicator of how you view him yeah Mm. 
And we see that with the demon-possessed man in Matthew's Gospel, when his son is tweaking out all over the floor, foam coming out of his mouth. And the first thing Jesus says is, do you think I can do it? Before he even moves, say, do you believe yeah. I can do it? Yeah. And there's this really authentic <laughs> moment that I think it's not. And, and there's this really, not really, and there's this yeah. really authentic moment yeah. that this man has. He's like, help my unbelief. Yeah. And I love that because that's real. Jesus still did the miracle and that's great. But like, I love the moments of scripture where Jesus kind of stops. He's like, now before I stretch out my hand and do what I need to do, do you believe I can? Yeah. And I think oftentimes trials and tribulations will take place in our life that force us to ask the question, mm -hmm. will you? Yeah. But the bigger question is this, man, because let's recognize that when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, he didn't get his way. Mm -hmm. His way was, if you can, let this cup pass before me. But nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Right. Yeah. And so I'll your true rooted, <laughs> your true yeah. rooted concept of God, yeah. and your true obedience, which unlocks the power of God, is found in even if you don't, I still choose you. Yeah. But you can at any moment. Right. And right. That, and but that comes from an intimacy that is established through relationship capital. Right. And oftentimes your trials and your failures and your shortcomings and your issues and the very senses that we have being jaded by the enemy is how you get to know God more. That's why in James chapter one, he says, consider it joy when you face trials of any kind. Yeah. Because it's an opportunity for you to learn perseverance and it's an opportunity for you to grow. Yep. And so for people who are like, oh my God, it's not going the way that I thought. That's actually an opportunity for you get to, for you to get to know him more. Right. Because then when you get the job, you'll know who got you the job. Because man, we're very very self reliant. It's human nature, you know. And and even with some of the with some of the places I've been in my life, I find myself getting to a place at times and moments where I'm like, you know what, I got here because of me. It's my work ethic. I'm waking up at five thirty in the morning. Right. And every once in a while, God will send something my way. And, and, and intentionality and in love and in grace to remind me who my daddy is. It's like, wait, hold on. Right, right. Like, you know, and even Paul, that's why the messenger of Satan put a thorn in his side. And he's like, the reason why the messenger put a thorn in my side, whatever the thorn was, metaphorically speaking, literally speaking, nobody really knows, but whatever the thorn was, Paul was like, he's God allowed this to happen so I would not grow cocky and proud. Because when you go up to the third freaking heaven and you see the ineffable, you think you're the man. And so God, and so God will allow the enemy to mess with our senses, so our concept of Him grows. Because I, I don't know about y'all, but as a Christian man, I don't want to be limited by the things that I sense. Right, right. Like I don't want my senses to change me. I want to be like God, who is ever changing. Then no matter what happens, I know who my daddy is. Therefore, I know who I am. Yeah, and I think good. that that's ultimately the goal of getting to Christianity. But because we're finite, because we're limited, according to Proverbs chapter one, because we're frail, God stirs up the pot. Yeah. And then we're like, oh, I need you. Mm -hmm. And I want to I need to know you more. And you worship differently and you press differently. And then in one moment, breakthrough. Right. And you're like, oh, it was you who did it, not me. To you be the glory. And it becomes a greater testimony. So. For, from a secular worldview, it's completely different. But for the Christian, you should yeah. you should thank God for your mishaps, your mess ups, and 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 people who walk away from the faith because something is limited as a job. Right, right. Like I didn't get my way. Yeah. I'm just like you know, that's, 
that's actually Christianity in yeah. a nutshell. And you miss an opportunity to grow. I mean, you got to understand, man, the first century church was built on the bloodshed of many. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Emperor ne uh, Caesar, Nero specifically, was literally lighting up Christians at parties, bro. And they, and like, bro, there was even a point historically where, like, the church needed to be encouraged, not wanting to be martyred because they were so game. Yeah. It like they're so like, dude, to like literally to die yeah. is down. I'm like, take my life. Right. Like, shoot, right. I'm down. I'm in line. They're like, yo, like you should want to live life. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. because it was like the church was like ants. Like the more suffering that happened, the bigger it got. The more you killed one, twenty more would pop up. Yeah. Because it was such a grace filled movement. Right. And and they were they had such any and I think to myself, brother, like God, what what does it take for me to just yeah. want to give up my life right. like that? Yeah. You have to have a massive, massive conceptualization of who God is. Your concept has to be out of this world. You're not in a natural realm, but you're focused on eternity. Right. And that's what mm. I that's what I want to be towards. Like whatever happens, I'm like, ooh, that was that's what was dope about Paul. We're gonna kill you. To die is gain. Alright, we're gonna let you live. To live is Christ. <laughs> <laughs> right, we're, we're gonna we're gonna throw you in prison. Cool. I'm gonna have a praise break at one in the morning, and and, and then and then the the door is gonna burst open. I'm gonna save the whole jail cell. Like you just couldn't yeah. do anything to that dude. No, right. Right. His concept of God was you couldn't jack with that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. wow. So how, how are you specifically working on obtaining that concept? I guess. I mean, for me personally, you know, my goals. We talked about it. I'm trying to be. Just get more understanding <laughs> and get just be more instinctively to respond to the Holy Spirit uh, in His promptings. But how do you how do you develop that concept uh, uh, of God? I know one of the things you said was just be in awe of God all the time. Yeah. Uh, for me personally. Yeah. I'm trying to soak up everything you got. Yeah. How do I keep my concept of God? Um. I, I, I'm a firm believer in um, you need to be an echo before you're a voice. You need to be a what? An echo before you're a voice. Okay. Um, I think listening to the right men and women is imperative um, to the success of young people, especially because we have so much access to knowledge and information Right. more than ever before. Um, I think uh, the voices that you listen to will shape you. And so I think, first of all, man, you got to be a really, really, really good listener um, to people who have been through things. Like, I, a lot of the men that I listen to, truthfully, are older. Uh, I like the young guys, but I'm really into, like, the Bishop T.D. Jakes. Mm -hmm. yeah. so I'm very into, like, the Pastor Robert Morris's, the Rivies, the Kyrus's, the John Piper's. Like, I like listening to the men who have lived for years on end and walked with the Lord. They're dirty, yeah. Yeah, because the longevity is a powerful thing. I'm 26, right. bro. I haven't been through much. but like It's you, easy to have the energy now, but after all the trials, bro, bro, how, our energetic You've been walking be with 20. Jesus for, like, 40, 50 years. Yeah, like, I want right. to hear how that's been for right. you, man. Right. You know, and for us, we're very, very passionate about knowledge in our generation, but experience. Experience far out, experience far outweighs yeah. uh, knowledge, in my opinion. And so, for me, I like listening to voices who have been through some things. Um, so that, that's my first way. Uh, my, my second way, bro, is um, talked about it on Sunday, or excuse me, on last Monday. Uh, my second way is is and it's it's a really, really, really big deal, bro. Um, the second way that I do it is is intimacy with God. I don't think that there should be a book that you're reading more than the Bible. Um, that's the living word of God. And I think that prayer and the reading of the word is the pathway to finding out who God is. 
And so, even though I said it's good to listen to other ministers, yeah. you've still been fearfully and wonderfully made by God. So, what God wants to do inside of me is different than He wants to, than what He wants to do through Rudy. It's different than what He wants to do through Jamal. And too many people are living out callings that aren't even theirs. But how can you fully know your calling if you don't know the one who called you? Right. And so, the first primary focus for me is to get to know the one. Crack me up. <laughs> you gotta write that down, bro. Like, come on. No, like the, the first. I'm ultimately called to Him. Yeah. I mean, the most important thing in life um, is God and, and that relationship. And, and even to the point, what sin did in Genesis chapter 3 is it severed relationship. Mm. And that's why we're relational beings. I mean, right. when we want to jack with people, we send them to solitary confinement. Like, just separate them, they'll lose their minds because God made us relational, yeah. relational inherently. But you could imagine how tragic that was for humanity. And that's why, like, again, in the New Testament, it talks about how we're bre uh, more blessed than any of the people who were in the Old Covenant because we're in the New Covenant because no matter what we do, we have constant access yeah. to God. And that's a really, really big deal. And people aren't even using up that relationship. Yep. I'm just like, my God, like, dog, I think <laughs> yeah. about somebody just, you know, like, they're not even, like, you, you, it's a struggle. Like, you got to convince yourself to meet with the CEO of creation. Yeah, you got to schedule it. That's yeah. wild to me, man. Like, you got to, like, box them in. And I'm just like, that's really funny. I'm like, yo, yo your children are funny, Dad. I would, I would have been like, if I, I know me, like if I would have created everyone, and for years and years and years I dealt with consistently rebellious, asinine children, I would have been nuked. I'm like, you know, freaking. I would have like, right. I'm like, I'll just kick it with me, myself, and I, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. I'm good, you know. But God is just so overflowing with love. Like I'm reading a book right now called The Screw Tape Letters by uh, C.S. Lewis, and, and he said this. And it's from the perspective of a demon. It's brilliant. I really encourage you guys to read it. It's from the perspective of a, a demon riding, a demon named Screwtape riding to his apprentice named Wormwood. And they t and he talks about how the enemy strategizes. It's at, like, if you guys want to read, yeah, oh my yeah. God. And so I'm, I'm reading it again, and it's been blowing my mind. And I wrote down a quote, and, and he's referring to God. It, it, and this is him talking about the enemy. He's like, we want cattle that can finally become food. But he wants servants who can finally become sons. We want to suck in. He wants to give out. We are empty and need to be filled. He is full and flows over. Yeah. And God, that's what trips me out the most about yeah. God. Now, C.S. Lewis is yeah. at another level. Um, but that's what trips me out about God is that God never lacks anything. And so his love for us is not like I need to be loved back. It literally comes from an overflow of who he already is. It is astonishing the security of our debt. Like, yeah. And I think people feel like, oh, God needs me. To, no, that's yeah. where you're wrong. God yeah. actually desires you, but need. Yeah. yeah. He is completely complete within himself. Like he always has been. He yeah. always will be like he's not growing because he doesn't have the ability to grow right he's not increasing in wisdom because he's the epitome of it yeah. like he already knows everything that is already going to be known he already has done everything that is going to be done like god has need of nothing and yeah. so how he views you is from an overflow of who he already is right astonishing that's a concept that's yeah. a view and when i think that way i'm like yo i need to like go open the bible and, and learn more about him yeah right. it's a trip but again, that comes from a God view, but that ultimately comes from intimacy. Like, my, my relationship with God is mine. 
He has me and Judges and in James chapter 3 because I got to get some stuff right this year. Like, I'm a Christian and I'm a son before I do anything. Yeah. I'm not identified by what I, what I do. I'm identified by who he says I am. And I'm his son. So, even if pastoring is going terrible for a season, me and God should always have the right to be good. Right. right. Yeah. Even if growth isn't happening, me and God should always be straight. Yeah. Like, and you learn that along the way. And that's why even with Encounter, I've never been, like, we've never been growing more, but I've never been more content if it doesn't grow cool. Yeah. Wow. Because I view him differently. Right. And when you know who your dad is, when things pop up in your life, he'll give you faith. Yeah. But you'll always have a moment, no matter how anointed you are, that where God will cap your faith and you'll have to pull on more and get to know him in a different way. For example, and uh, I think it's, I know it's Exodus, man. It might be another, te- I forget the exact number. It might be Exodus 25. Uh, it might be a little bit before. Moses, right? Moses had the faith to plague an Egyptian nation. Moses had the faith to plague the Egyptian nation 10 different ways. He had the faith to stretch out his staff, part the Red Sea, walk on dry ground, and then watch his enemies literally be closed on by water. Uh, he, he, he saw water flow from rocks and he saw manna fall from heaven. But there's a moment where Moses gets capped in his belief systems. And that moment took place when he, when, God, when the Israelites were complaining and they were sick of manna. They're like, we want meat. And God's like, I'm tired of y'all complaining. I'm going to give you what you want just to show you who I am. I'm going to send you quail. For the, I, think I, I, I don't want to butcher it. I'm going to send you quail. And I think it was for like seven days straight. Until you get big and fat off of it, right? Yeah. Moses, the same Moses who parted the Red Sea, plagued an Egyptian nation ten different ways, saw the sea close on a bunch of people, did all this amazing, amazing stuff. Has a moment out of nowhere, y'all. Blows me away. Where he's like, God, how are you going to do that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, there's not enough fish in the sea for you to feed these millions of people that you've given me access to. Wow. Capped. So, no matter how much faith I have, I'm eventually going to be capped. Now, Moses understands that God's created everything. He watched a bush literally burn with fire and not even be burned up. He's seen some pretty powerful things. But in that moment, Moses says, how, Sway? <laughs> Damn. There's a situation in my life currently where I'm literally like, how, God? But you know what it's going to do? God's going to come through, and my concept of him is going to grow even more until I'm capped once again. It's just it's just the journey, bro. You're always going to have moments where you're capped, and that's a beautiful process because then when he does it or if he doesn't do it, you recognize more about his character, his integrity, and his sovereignty. But there's a situation in my life right now where I'm like, I don't know how. So it is it is it's it a, in a way healthy to have a, a, a how God mindset in, in some type of way? I, I think it's okay to have a how God mindset if your relationship with with God isn't based on whether or not he does it. Yeah. Okay. Faith yeah. faith led. Yeah. But still the curiosity is fine. Oh dude. Yeah. I'm curious all the time. Like, right. Man, I don't know how you're gonna do this one. Right. Straight up. It happens to me all the time. Uh, but when it becomes worry, when it becomes unbelief, doubt and unbelief are two different things. Doubt is, I don't know. Mm. Unbelief is you can't. Those are two very different things. Wow. And um, mm. so for me, I've just kind of learned the art of, of if I'm capped, I'm like, you'll show me your God again. Because you have to understand, I don't, I don't live my life in the reality of 
of um, God can't. It doesn't really come out of my mouth very much. If it does, it's not often. I don't really say those two words. They don't go together very much. However, um, I've seen God do so much, though. That's why I'm at that space. But it's not very often where I reach a point in my journey where I'm at now where I'm like, I, 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 my senses have no clue in yeah. any way, shape, or form how that's going to happen. Mm. And But that doesn't happen often. And even Moses, Moses didn't have very moments where he's like, oh, because he knew God. He had a big concept of him. But even Moses forgot. Yeah. Like, who made the birds, bro? I can yeah. make more right now. Like, you know? But Moses is like, he's looking at millions of people who need to be fed. And yeah. God's like, I'm going to feed them. And he's like, with meat, he's like, there's not enough fish in the sea. Yeah. That's crazy. And birds. And God's <laughs> like, I'm not sending, and he doesn't even know. God's yeah. like, I'm not sending them from the sea. I'm sending them from the air. Yeah. And all Moses had been his whole life was, literally, all Moses had seen throughout the earth was Egypt. And at this point, a small frame of that Sinai area. Yeah. And he thought he knew the world. All the fish in the sea. Like, bro, you don't even know what's on the other side of the world. Bro. Right, right. Like, you don't even know what's over this way. Like, you have no idea. Your concept is so limited. Just heard the 70% water, right? Like, yep. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. It's just nuts. It's how God works, bro. He's, he's, he's high above it all, man. So, that's what I would say. But from a secular standpoint, it's completely different. Like, right. if you're secular, I'd be anxious, too. You're completely limited by circumstances. Right. Yeah. There's, there's no hope. It's all optimism. You're determined by circumstance. Right. But what's amazing is that God will still honor hard work because it's who he is. Anything that mirrors him, he has to bless. Even secularism. Yeah. That's what be like, oh, why is that secular man blessed? Because he freaking grinds harder than you. Yeah. God's going to bless hard work. Right. That's, a, that's part of his character. Jeez. So it's like when, when people are like, oh, these sinners are out here. I'm like, these sinners are brilliant and creative. Yeah. God's going to bless anything that mirrors himself. Mm-hmm. You know, and so again, as far as the intentions go, are they right? Probably not. I probably guarantee you not. But they work harder than you. They're more determined than you. You got a bunch of lazy Christians who want God to do things and they won't do anything for God. Right. It's not his character. It's not his integrity. You always step out, draw near to me, and then I'll draw near to you. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things will be added unto you. Yeah. It's always that that first step. Like, because God has already initiated a relationship. Grab hold of my hand. Yeah. Like, it's, it's already there. Grab hold. It's up to you. So. That's, yeah, because I'm still in that transition of letting go of, like, the secular. Because um, last time we talked, I was saying how I read all these, like, self-help books and psych books and yeah, things self, like that. Um, and. Um, if I was no Christian, self would be my fan. Right. But at the same token, those secular methodologies, once I came back to the good message and applied some things I found in those messages, it took me to where I was at. For name example would be um, the secret, right? Um, the law of attraction, uh, whatever, like creates like, um, and dislike creates dislike, right? So, you know, whatever you gravitate your thoughts to, whatever you focus all your attention and energy in, that's what you're gonna get in return. I took that and then applied that to God. Yep. Uh, and then that's where everything changed because it wasn't applying it to money or a job or a situation or a relationship or a person or anything like that. It was like, no, throw your, all your energy and your attraction to him and you're going to still get that law of attraction, but right based off of, uh, based off of supernatural ways instead of just thinking bro, I'm generating this. I'm going to be straight up, bro. That's the enemy's playground. Yeah. yeah. Because that's exactly what the enemy did with Jesus. Hmm. 
like he, he showed up to Jesus like if you are the son of God turn these stones into bread and then he hits the, and then the next passage he hits the Jesus with, he hits Jesus with Bible yeah yeah and so like bro that, that's literally the enemy's playground and um and we've all done that but, but that's where the enemy lies it's like it's like take the word of God and take principles that are secular and mm. apply them to God yeah and mix that like right. let them intertwine in the Bible it's known as strange fire yeah an example that I can give you is Aaron had two sons Aaron was the high priest of Israel he was Moses's so he was Moses's uh, uh, brother yeah Moses's yeah. little brother cool Aaron. so Moses had a little brother named Aaron right I, I gotta find I'm sorry I think it was his brother was Moses' brother Aaron? I think it was. Not positive. Moses and Aaron brothers. Aaron is important to Islam for his brother with his other brother. Cool, yeah, I was right. Cool. So Aaron was uh, Moses' little brother, baby brother. And he was the high priest of Israel. Now, homie, the high priest of Israel, like, we got to understand God rested in one place, and that was the Holy of Holies. Right. There was, like, a four-step process just to get into that room. And when you went in, like, they would tie a rope around you because if you were not perfect mm -hmm. in the presence of God, you would die. I don't think people fully understand that. Like, anything that is imperfect in the presence <laughs> of God dies. Not because... God can't handle it, but because whatever step, whatever it, that is unclean, yeah. unholy, un, or unworthy, if it steps into the realm of perfection, it can't handle. Like you, you break. So, yeah. so what happened with Aaron? Great. So, what, like, it just can't, it can't Great. handle the beauty, right? Yeah, right. That's why even when Moses and 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 and, and God, he's like, dude, I can't show you my face. Yeah, I'll show you my backside. Right. I can get into that. That's, that's a whole other story. Anyway, so um, God's acting. We could we could go so uh, like that's maybe yeah. for another day because there's a lot to happen in that moment. But bro, so Aaron had Aaron had two sons, and they were like the the high priest along with him, right? Yeah. And so what they did, bro, is there was a fire. There was a fire of God that they would take into this third level of the temple, right? And God still dwelt there. Right. But there was a specific fire that God told them that He wanted to burn inside the temple. And what these two boys did is they mixed some type of herbs that yeah. were like that God didn't ask for. Mm. And it was some type of secular herbs that came out of a golden calf. And they mixed the two. Yeah. And they brought it into the Holy of Holies, bro. Right outside the Holy of Holies. Like, they're not even in the third level yet, bro. Right. They brought it into this third realm in the temple. And what ended up happening is, is God was like, literally the Bible says, this fire is strange to me. Mm -hmm. And they just burned up. Dead. Bah! Right now, Jeez. that's what we do as Christians. Yeah, we we take what God wants and we mix it with a little bit of us, and we bring those two things together. My brother, that which is clean cannot cohabitate right. with that which is unclean, or it'll be unclean. Right. And so when you take an unclean intention mm -hmm. and put God on it, you yeah. have uncleanliness, right. and it equivalates strange fire. Mm. It's strange fire, bro. There's yeah. a whole lot of strange fire going on in the church. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Strange fire, strange agendas. Right. Strange philosophies, strange intentions, strange motives. Yeah. And it's strange to God and his ministers, man. I got to give an account for that crap. Like, straight up. And so, right. bro, that's right. why I'm always like, I look. 
purify my motives. Yeah. And as long as I'm with him, yeah. as long as I'm waking up early, having a cup of coffee, and being with God, I'll never have to worry why. Because pride and God are like water and electricity. As long as you are staying and remaining in God, you don't have room to be prideful. Right. There's literally no way. Not you possible, cannot yeah. be in the presence of God and be prideful. Homie, there ain't going to be no atheists in, in hell. Right. There's right. not going to be an atheist in hell. Yeah. Because every knee, whether they like it or not, are going to have to bow before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. There ain't going to be atheists in hell. No. Like everyone, everyone is going to have to be like, oh, you're him. Bro. Yeah. I think I hit you with this back in the day. Or, oh, was you on Wild Louis? Yeah. Pharaoh. I tell you what, man, for the longest time, I wonder why God hardened the heart of Pharaoh. So many theologians talked about that. Oh, God, you believe you hardened someone's heart. I was like, yeah, that does kind of mess with me. But you know what? You know why his heart got hardened, bro? You know why God did what he did? Because he had to prove something to Pharaoh. Because there's a moment in the passage where Moses shows up, let my people go. And Pharaoh is like, uh, who is this God? I haven't heard of him. Mm. Okay. <laughs> Heard of me, I, huh? <laughs> you haven't heard of me, huh? I haven't heard of him. Hmm. That's all he said. He's like, who's your God? I haven't heard of him. Now, Pharaoh was known as the morning and the evening star. Yeah. He lit up everything, bro. Yeah. He lit up the morning, he lit up the night. The man, yeah. the most powerful man on earth was Pharaoh at that time period. Not not even, not even up for debate. The Egyptian Empire was booming at that time on the eastern side of the world, right? Hmm. He says, I haven't even heard of him. Who's your God? Okay. Ten different plagues later, yeah. you know, it tripped me up. And, and again, so God somehow, I don't know how, He hardens the heart of Pharaoh and makes him so upset that He chases Israel. God did that. The Israelites were freaking out. They shouldn't be worried because God is doing what He wants to do, right? Right. So oftentimes we think, hey, oh, I could preach that. No, we're just gonna get moving. I'm not even there. I'm not even going there, bro, because I'll freaking stay there. So He hardens the heart of Pharaoh. And Pharaoh got to have, because Pharaoh lived. Pharaoh didn't die. Right. Pharaoh had a front row seat to watching the most powerful army in all the world die Crumbly, in one yeah. foul swoop. Right. Who am I? So you want to know who I am, Pharaoh? I think you know now. Yeah. No room for debate. And so, bro, the thing about people who, who are like, yo, I'm just going to live my life. I'm going to do my thing. I don't need God. You know, I'm just like, cool. Well, life is going to be very intriguing for you because how you live on earth is going to dictate how you live in eternity. Let me explain. People who don't live for God on earth, who know of him, they don't want him anyway. Yeah. And so when they get into eternity, people's like, what good God would send his people to hell? I'm like, time out. God is sovereign and God is good. God's giving them exactly what they want. You don't want to live for me? Now your life is going to be completely absent of everything I am. That's scary because God created air. Everything around us, air, oxygen, image, everything that is good is God. And now hell is that is completely gone. So what's hell like? I don't want to know. But that's what you wanted. You don't want God? Okay, well, I'm going to take everything that I am from you. And that's why hell is most depressing because it is completely, completely, completely. Completely absent of everything that God is. Even people right now who aren't acknowledging God, they're still living in the creation of what He is. Right. Jeez. That's why He gets upset. Like you don't know who I am. Just look around. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So. Uh, did you have another question, or did we want to get to that one? Um. I gotta leave at five thirty. By the way, boys. What time is it? Four fifty-eight. Four fifty-eight. So you we got a half hour. Perfect. Five thirty. 
kind of wanted to talk about it. I mean, I definitely want to talk about it. Uh, just from my personal experience of of um, marijuana use. Weed. Yeah. Weed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For, for a while, I, you know, I, I didn't see a problem with it until I started to... Uh, try to get into my word more and and the more I tried to do that I realized that um, I was distracted uh, I wanted to I would want to just get through it so I could go go off and into my day and smoke and do whatever I wanted to do and so um, I said okay that's wrong obviously I know that uh, and then I and then I started to try to justify it and, and and that's where the issue was of me trying to justify it. But I do know that there's another side of it where medically it's a good thing uh, for people. So because I have my own intentions, shouldn't stray other people away from the the medical benefits of it. If they really do have issues Absolutely. with anxiety and depression and, and things that they can fix it. Uh, so my my more standpoint on it was. Um, I needed to cut it off because I was trying to justify it. Yeah. So, so I did. Um, and now I'm more kind of at a point of like, okay, I cut it off, but I can have two glasses of wine and nobody's going to bat an eye. But if I go take a hit, one hit of a bowl and go through my day, that's an issue in Christianity. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to talk about that. Yeah, it's good. It's a good topic, dude. Um, The verse is everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. Mm. That's Paul. Everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. So I, I would say this, man. Do I think marijuana is awesome? Yep. Do I think it's awesome in the context of medical reasons? Yep. Um, do I think that it's natural? Yep. Do I think that people put a lot of crazy crap in it, though? Yep. Uh, but do I think that it's an awesome uh, therapy? people who have tendons and weed and all that. Yeah. Now, here's the thing about Christians that are funny. Same people are like, don't smoke weed or, or having in and out every other day. They're freaking up their bodies, right? Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> like, they're, 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 yeah. they're gluttons. Oh, you smoke weed, you're going to hell, but like, hey, let's go get a, a Big Mac on steroids. You know, it's just like, it's like, you know, there's just ridiculous. There's, yeah. there's so many gray areas. Yeah. The Bible doesn't say don't smoke weed. Um, however, um, if weed becomes whenever weed takes the place of what God can be, it's not needed. That that's where I struggle. Yeah, that's where I struggle. If weed is used to bring peace, that's yeah. where I struggle. But I would say the same thing about wine. Yeah. Now, if you're just drinking wine to to keep your heart rate up and you enjoy it, cool. You know, um, for your immune system, cool. But the moment that it becomes something that makes you lightheaded and you're being taken out of the current world that you're living in, that's what God struggles with. That's what God struggles with. Now, I don't know if it's possible to take a hit of weed and not feel the effects of it. Because uh, when I smoked a few times, I smoked wrong. I only got right. faded really bad once, and I hated it because I wasn't. I felt I was super yeah. anxious. I wasn't in control of what was taking place. Yeah. It was a trip, man. Um, but I, I say all that to say, man, that 
you have to determine for you, and it's really your convictions, what is permissible and what's beneficial. In other words, a lot of Christians do things because it is permissible. Right. But is it really benefiting you? Right. You know, that's what you really have to process as a Christian. Um, would I encourage Christians to smoke weed? No. Yeah. Would I encourage someone who smokes weed to get to know Jesus more? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, that's what happened with my big sister Liz, man. Uh, she went through one of the hardest breakups of her life. And she's currently married now, praise God, to an MMA fighter. Right. I started living with Drew and Liz for my big sister and my big brother. When Liz was going through one of the hardest breakups of her life, she was very, very new to faith. And she was smoking because it literally relaxed her. Yeah. And she was just so emotional and in so much pain. Yeah. I'd never seen anything like it. Uh, like up close. Like she was jacked up. Man. Yeah. And it would it would calm her down because she the love of her life with her getting married and in Rome and he, he dropped her, bro. One foul soup was like, no, I'm not doing it. And left her and she was in her mid thirties, beautiful. Uh, but it just destroyed her. Yeah. Destroyed her. So she was taking hits, man. And, and it was funny, I judged her. I judged the mess out of her, man, because I was 22. Yeah. I was brand new in the pastoral game. Didn't have a lot of capacity. Raised in the church. It was one of the biggest curses. And I was like, holy crap. And this girl over here, like, you crazy. Like, what are you doing, Liz? And she like, <laughs> and, it, and it became like a really, really good discussion, man. It became a really, really good discussion that opened me up. And what I realized is as she got to know Jesus more, I mean, Liz hasn't smoked weed in two years. Yeah. She never will again. It, it, you know, God became her peace. Yeah. Um, but I believe that for a season, that's all she knew. Yeah. She was getting to know the King of Kings. So then she began to recognize, like, oh, wow, you're my peace. Then she learned how to meditate on God's word and yeah. read books. And I'll live. Liz hasn't smoked in years. In that never same time period that she would allocate to go smoke and get into that vibe, she allocates that same time to, to just Jesus. talk to Yeah, exactly. To, to Jesus. That's yeah. why people need to live in the reality that everything I have in Jesus is enough. You know what I mean? Mm. And so in regards to marijuana, I would always go back to, well, why? Yeah. What are your intentions in smoking? Are your intentions to get away? Are your intentions in like I want to be buzzed? Yeah. Are your intentions is I want to be the cool guy? Or are, are your intentions I'm anxious is all get out and this is all I know? Or are how long have you been in faith? Yeah. What, what are are you curious? The first time I got drunk, I was curious. Yeah. I just wanted to know what it was like. I hated it too. Yeah. <laughs> Took like four shots. I was a pastor. God having truth. Yeah. In year two. And Liz and Drew always have bottles. And I was home alone with the hardest break of my life, my life with Becca. I said, I'm going to hit this bottle. I'm going to pop. had four shots. I was like, I don't feel nothing because I was a little bit overweight at that 30 time. Min 30 minutes later. About 15, 20 minutes later, I was in the shower. I said, whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Now, that's not yeah. one of my proud moments. Right. No. But it happened. Cause, yeah. And people ask me why. Honestly, I was hurting. And I was freaking curious. Yeah. I never drank again and I never will. Right. It was a curiosity thing for me, man. Now, am I proud of that? No. Do I wish I would have went to God that moment? A hundred percent. Yeah. However... Uh, it was a permissible decision, but it wasn't beneficial to me. And so when, when I when I when I talk to people about smoking weed, drinking, whatever it might be, it, there's this <laughs> there's this old school mentality in the church that is actually really really good, but it can become religious and it's reverence for God. Yeah. Like have reverence. Like even back in the day, like it was extreme, but it was good because people had reverence for God. There's blessing in that, but there's also cursing in that. My generation, though, our generation, 
we're not it's it's a loose faith now yeah. now like it's on the other side like you can do whatever and it's cool yeah god loves you regardless and i'm like well no 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 that's not yeah. right either yeah there's got there's got to be some symmetry here like god is god there's yeah. got to be there's got to be an understanding of who he is and, and sanctification and transformation that's taking place in the life of a believer so i know christians who have been in the game like crazy going to the club getting drunk i'm like homie i'm like that, that's not bible right like, that's not how it works like there's lines in this thing there's boundaries in this thing like it's not like oh jesus loves me i get a grace pass i get to do what i want actually actually no mm-hmm. and there's actually repercussions theologically for that attitude in romans yeah. so like like for, like again to unpack heaven even a little bit like a lot of people are going to get into heaven but they're not going to get anything yeah like everyone will receive their reward. Like people, people read the parable of the talents. Just gonna trip you guys out. The parable of the talents. I'm gonna preach on it this year. Give you guys a little intro to my series in the fall. The parable of the talents is one of the scariest passages of scripture I've ever read. Yeah, scariest. Scariest by far, because it's all about multiplication. Yep, one to two, five to ten. He's like to one he gave one, to one he gave five, to one he gave ten, and each person doubled. What the Lord gave them. Yep. But the one dude who played it safe, he said, you worker of evil. And he casted him into darkness. That's Bible. Yeah. He's like, I gave you this and you gave it back? Mm-hmm. Like, I gave you the talent and you didn't make more of it? Yeah. I gave you this gift and you didn't multiply it? He referred to that man as a worker of evil. Dude, there's a lot of people, I'm telling you right now, who are stand before God and be like, hey. This is what I did. He's like, you worker of evil, I gave you this, I gave you this, this was in you, this was in you, and that's what you're bringing Yeah. Scary stuff, bro. It keeps him on my toes. <laughs> the, the, the God is the God of the ROI, the return on his investment. His investment is you. He expects a return. Yeah. yeah. And so... Not outside of the reason of what he gave you. Exactly. But he still expects the return oh, based on what period. He, Which should yeah. make men like us happy. God right. wants the best for us. Right. Yeah. God right. wants right. us to be successful. Right. God wants us to grow. God wants us to accomplish things in his lifetime. They're not a gray area, period. God is a businessman. He's CEO of creation. He pioneered humanity. He gets it. He's like, no, it's the principle of multiplication. And there's there's people who claim to be Christians, man. And I'm just like, yo, like your the end of your life, like I don't want to be there with you. I'm not saying you're going to hell, but right. like, homie, I don't want to be there. <laughs> because yeah. he's going to be like, yo, I gave you this, 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 and this, and that's all you did? Right. So you're just going to take your talent and bury it all your life and give it back to me? Yeah. Mm. No, God isn't about only working in people. The goal is to get through. it in, yeah. get it through. Get it in, get it out. Almost, that, almost it's not even for you. Yeah. Mm. It's so sacrificial. Yeah. The last shall be first. Right. You want to you want to you want to be first in the kingdom of God? Be a slave to all men. <laughs> hey, dude, it's a yeah, yeah. It's a trip, right? Even James chapter three has been changing my life. Wisdom is above all first, and it constantly yields to others. I'm like, Shh. Hmm. so when it comes to like reading your word, I mean, do you obviously you've been through it? Yeah, I got educated in it, so but it's different. I mean, I guess to somebody that hasn't been through it, what's like, what's the best way to start? Obviously, to start, do it. Uh, but like, is there a recommended fashion to get through it that you would stand by, or like, yeah. should I start with the gospel first and then go from there? Like, oh, no, dude, you know, um, if it were me, bro, I what I would do is I would do two ways. I, I do two things primarily. Um, I'm not doing it very well this year, though. But it's not one of my goals. Is I try to read through the Bible on a yearly basis. Gotcha. Um, 
it's good to do different versions, right. change it up on a yearly basis, like the NLT, the NIV. Dog, it's really about a chapter and a quarter a day. It's not much. Right, you right, just right. have to be consistent, which right. is good. It develops consistency. Um, it, but it's not very much a day. Mm. But studying the Bible is mm-hmm. way, way different more, than yeah. reading it. Way yeah. different than reading it. And and I think that studying the Bible is when you sit down. It's called soap. You um, Soaps. You study, you observe, you apply, and you pray. And I think you take I think taking a passage yeah. and praying before soak is like soap. But taking a passage and praying before saying, Holy Spirit, open up my eyes to see myself in you. Yeah. And reading it and just journaling on what stood out to you. Yeah. Observing, applying, and then praying that God would impart that thing in you is a big deal. Like I reach, like dude, if you guys wanted a book, James, man, James has been blowing, changing my life. First and second, third, John Corinthians. Like there's so many like practical application books that are good. Yeah. But it really depends on your passion. I mean, I yeah. ended up in James on a whim. Right. Like I was just like literally, man. I felt like this crazy stirring, man. My God, I was struggling with a particular area of my life a few weeks ago, and I'm like, God, I'm so tired of this. And I just heard James three. Yeah. All right. Opened up to James 3, and all it talked about how death and life are in the power of the tongue. Yeah. And how the tongue is a rudder. <laughs> and, 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 dude, I was having a problem yeah. controlling my tongue, bro, mm. specifically with my family. And he's like, in one moment, the tongue, the tongue praises the Lord, and in the next moment, it speaks death over yeah. the image of God. And I'm like, okay, this yeah. is where I'm going to camp right, right here. Yeah. And so, dude, what I have, I have my iPad in the car. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll just go grab it real quick. It's kind of proctored now. All right. That man is straight fire. <laughs> I just want to let y'all know. Yeah, he just walked away, so <laughs> he's absolute fire. Absolute fire. But, I'm surprised uh, the phones haven't burnt. Yeah. Man. Hours mm-hmm. of straight fire. Mm-hmm. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Yeah. Uh, so I keep everything really organized, but that's mainly because I have to, because yeah. I'm just so ridiculous. So I'll take like a, uh, let's see, I got James here. So James, right? So, and I'll take you, I'll write down the verse, I'll process through it, and then I'll do like kind of the application journaling. Gotcha. And so James 3, 1 through 2, this is 1 through 2. Dear brothers and sisters, not many of us should become teachers in the church, for we who teach will be judged more strictly. Indeed, we all make, make, make many mistakes. For if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. Mm. What I wrote down, I'm like, God demands stricter accountability in office. Or in other words, people who teach the word have a higher expectation in the eyes of God to live the word. Mm. I'm a teacher of God's word. At times, I feel like I got forced to do this. Parentheses, I'm partly joking. Close parentheses. But I said yes to this calling and responsibility at 21 years old. When I said yes nearly five years ago, not only did I say yes to a higher understanding, but I said yes to higher living. God has called me to a higher and stricter standard, and this is something that needs to be, and this is something that needs to be accepted and embraced. I'm actually honored to say that I'm a part of the not many. It creates a sensation that God has chosen me, and the truth is, is that He has. How, however, He has not only chosen me, but in return, I have chosen Him and this life. I love that James chooses to put emphasis on the fact that we all make mistakes. God is not demanding perfection, but he is demanding higher obedience. I'm so thankful this morning that... 
Oh yeah, I, I use them all the time. These are. I'm so thankful this morning that that the call to teach is not the call to perfection. Thank you, Jesus, for being the perfect teacher who did everything I could not. Today, I'm thankful for the gift of teaching and preaching. Tonight, hundreds of young adults from all over the Bay Area will be coming to FCC Encounter to worship the Lord and hear the word of the Lord. It is my privilege to be the mouthpiece of the Holy Spirit. Father, help me not help me not to make it about me, but help me decree and declare your message with grace and truth so that many may see you. Thank you that I'm a part of the not many. For some reason, you knew that I was fit for this life. Today, I pray that I would receive well the gift and the honor of teaching. Lastly, I pray that my tongue would not complain about what many desire to do, but will, but never will. Father, have your way in me. So that's like yeah, kind of the model that I use. Right. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to unpack every verse in James by summer like that. Right. Uh, just kind of piece by piece. And mm -hmm. when you begin to play, pray like God open me up to what's taking place in this text. Right. It really, really helps. Right. Um, because I think a lot of people, they, they just read it, but they don't think from the perspective of application or right. where am I in this. And when you're well, able, we'll see if this pulls me or not. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And, but I do think that there should be a constant yeah. reading because right. what happens is, bro, like you'll begin to connect God's character. Mm. Yeah, like, right. bro, it'll trip you out. His actions, yeah, yeah. Oh, bro, it'll trip you yeah. out. Like, for example, I'm in Judges right now. Mm -hmm. That's like another thing that God's like, I want you to study my Judges. And I'm not going to get into too much of what he told me, but it was good. Yeah. And I went into Judges chapter 2, man. And so Judges is basically based off a time where different nations were ruling over the Israelites because of strong disobedience against the Lord. So what God do is every time they would disobey, a foreign ruler would rule over them, but God would raise up some charismatic anointed man or woman mm -hmm. to basically deliver the Israelites until they disobeyed again and were ruled over by multiple nations. It's just this non-stop cycle. Right? Yeah. But I felt like God was like setting my judges. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're positives, they're negatives, and they're attributes. So you see, I was like, cool. And so, dog, there was a dude by the name of Othniel. Oh, no, 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 not Othniel. Othniel was the second. The third judge was a guy by the name of Ehud. Uh-huh. My dude Ehud, right? <laughs> now, Ehud, Ehud was left-handed, and he was in a tribe. He was in the tribe of Benjamin. Now, the tribe of Benjamin literally means God of my right hand. Hmm. So this dude was born wrong. Right. He was this unorthodox human, right? Right. And so I started laughing. I'm like, wow, the guy that you raise up yeah. is a dude yeah. who's not even fit to do what you're called to do. And I love that about your character. Now, this is where it gets crazy. Hmm. So... The king that he went to kill was a foreign king, and he shanked this dude and gutted him with his left hand, yeah. and then ran out. And the final battle was fought in the hills of Ephraim. Mm. Now, Ephraim is a dude in Genesis, Joseph's son. Okay. Joseph had two sons, Manasseh, who was his eldest son, Ephraim, who was his youngest son. Jacob, who gave birth to Joseph, uh, they would always have a ceremonial blessing that would take place for every older son that was born from the sons yeah. that were born. The eldest son always got the majority of the blessing. The younger brother, like literally, like the right hand was the blessing. The left hand, like literally means leftovers, right? Yeah. And so, Jeez. but what Jacob did is like this powerful moment. Joseph has on like his best robes. He brings his baby boys to his father. He puts Manasseh at his right hand. He puts Ephraim at his left. Jacob, hundreds of years before this moment, bro. Yeah. What he does trips Joseph out. He's pretty much completely blind. He goes, he prays, he prays the blessing and he swaps his hands. Mm, wow. So he puts his right hand on Ephraim who gets the majority of the blessing. Yeah. And he puts his left hand on Joseph. Joseph trips out. I think you probably said like, freak, my dad's more blinded than I thought. Right. He leans in. He's like, dad, what are you doing? He's like, no son. 
it must be done so according to God. Jesus. And so Ephraim got the blessing that he didn't deserve. Right. Now we got to do. Now we yeah. got to do like a hundred plus years later, in the land of Ephraim. Yeah. Getting a calling he doesn't deserve, right. and he's shanking the king with his left hand. Right. Yeah. <laughs> to trip you out, yeah. God's character. And I caught that, and I was like, bro, I wish I just wanted to share with all service. Literally, I was like, freak, 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 freak. <laughs> Dude, I was tripping, bro. I saw that. I was like two weeks ago, man. I was tripping. That's <laughs> tripping. I was like in the hills of Ephraim. A left-handed son of a gun who's from the tribe of my right hand is leading Israel to victory. Bro, character. The character of God. Oh, so good. So I say all that to say, like, bro, that story didn't really mean much to me. I had that revelation like four years ago in the Judah Smith sermon. He blew my mind. I was like, man, that's so good. I preached like it was mine. Yeah. Judah talked about that. Yeah. But, dude, as you just continue to grow in God and read the word, I'm just in judges and I'm like, ow! Yeah. Yeah. So powerful. So that's why I think it's good to consistently read the Word of God because you'll learn more about His character. But studying the Word, bro, I'm telling you right now, like, the Bible is a lie. That's what people don't understand. Right. The Bible will read you more than you'll read it. Yeah. And so at the end of the day, I'm just like, man, let me just, like, what do you got for me today? And sometimes I walk out like, oh, my God. Other days I'm like, oh, it was kind of harder to to get into it, but it's like working out. Right. You got days where you're going to be like, man, I threw weight today. You're gonna have other days where you're like, I don't know if much happened. But yeah. <laughs> but it happened. Right. No, so, that's good. That's right. good. Yeah, we're gonna do a, a words and actions episode um, this season. Because a lot of people use naturally stipulate actions or speak louder than words, but this word is alive, therefore that mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying that does far more than most of our actions can do. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. I just wanted to say yeah, we're we're nah, wrapping up. You guys good? Um, the time. I know you just read a, a personal journal. Um, so we are recording. I just wanted you. To oh, what up? I didn't know we were recording right now, y'all. What's good, people? This fool stopped me slipping. Yeah. Me up, boy. I wanted it to be as. It might not be for external pers- purposes. Oh, you're good, man. Really, you're just, just do it. No, I don't care, dude. Do whatever you want with it. Awesome, awesome. I just wanted to make sure you knew that. You know what I'm saying? Cause <laughs> I didn't know we were recording. That's hilarious. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You spit fire regardless. Uh, shout out to everybody who's listening. Um, Pastor Chase was <laughs> happy, <laughs> happy to be on here. Uh, love you, man. Even Thank though you. we tricked him into it. Yeah, we... no, I got totally like I thought like we were gonna talk about the recording today. Oh uh, no. Well, I mean, even then, like that was that's the primary goal. This it wasn't like oh let's record an episode through yeah. this conversation, right. but what where we got caught slipping is like and where a lot of this started was me and him linking up and just talking and we're like dude we got to record these conversations you know what i'm saying so that's just kind of what we're back to is anytime we're just talking we just hit record hit record whatever 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 comes out comes out super organic that's the goal so and that way the conversations with the record button don't become different than the conversation you know what i'm saying like Mm -hmm. it's all the same um but I definitely would like to have like more because like I feel like for a lot of our listeners they might need I don't know if they need practical steps or not um, I think practicality helps you know because I don't really know one we don't know exactly who's listening mm. two um, we're still working on the point where we develop relationship with all of our followers mm-hmm. 
so until we really start to do that, we won't know. Yeah. Um, and we won't know what they need until that. So we're kind of just going off what we feel, what he's putting in our heart, what comes out of conversations with each other, so on and so forth. Yeah. Obviously, we can relate because we're in a lot of similar situations, but we're being vulnerable with the fact that we're in those situations. Right. So I would definitely like to do an episode on practicality, probably. I would love that, dude. Um, yeah, I love application. It's a powerful thing. Um, it just seems like, you know, our, I feel like our message is definitely getting out. Now looking at our, we stopped posting for two months and our plays doubled. Like Weird. doubled. Exactly. From November to January, we've gone from every episode being 30 plays to 70 without posting anything. So I'm like, dude, I don't know if it's more people are listening or those same people are like, go back and listen again. Yeah. Um, so, you know, a lot of crazy stuff happening for sure. Cool. Um, super exciting. Super exciting. Last question, man. What can we do for you? Prayer. Prayer, 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 prayer. Yeah. Prayer, bro. Yeah. I think that uh, I don't, I, I gave this analogy at a leadership retreat two years ago. I was like, if, if prayer played a position in football, it would be the offensive line. Mm-hmm. And Jeez. if your offensive line isn't good, you're not going anywhere. Yeah. And uh, I think that for me, um, hmm. prayer is so big. And when people like, like when people tell me that they pray for me, I don't think people know how much that means to me personally because it, it has the ability to move things, right. change things, shape things. Their prayer bodies are healed. Their prayer circumstances are shifted. Their prayer strings are broken. And so for me, man, if you fellas can pray for me, you think of me, like I'm just on your mind, lift me up to my dad, man. I need him. I just want to be a. Uh, like I've been like processing on the verse in Psalms when David is like, keep me. Yeah. Keep me, oh God. And he says it multiple times. And it's like, let me just remain. Let me not leave. I just want to stay in this space. And yeah. uh, say a prayer, man. So underrated, but I think it's most needed in the church today. I really do. Got you. Got you. Appreciate it. Appreciate you, boys, man. Yeah, Y'all man. are good men. <laughs> Great for you. <laughs> Sorry for being late too. No, you're good. You're <laughs> terrible. Absolutely good. It's time. You're absolutely good. <laughs> are um, we still recording? Yeah, we are. Yeah, Jamal was already spiking drinks at church. <laughs> Why are you gonna say that on there? I was not spiking no drinks. That's messed up. You were That's not, messed up. Bro. You I was were not. not. Bro. Somebody was trying to get me, y'all. I'm trying to catch you slipping, bro. So there you have it, guys. Like I said, nothing but straight heat in this episode. It wasn't even supposed to be an episode. This is just where conversations with this guy go to. So, um, yeah, we will definitely be able to sit down with him again and talk a little bit more on practicality. Um, but if you guys have any questions that you would like us to ask him next time we sit down and or any questions you would like us to ask a pastor or a leader from the church in general, um, we are meeting with these people. We're talking to them. And uh, we would love to ask them for you or educate and research and uh, bring it forth on an episode. So any requests, any questions, any comments, concerns you guys have, make sure you're DMing us um, or texting us individually and letting us know. Uh, For those that have been reaching out and giving us feedback, we really, 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 really appreciate it. Um, It's just giving us uh, reformation of that we're doing the right thing. And we know that we're not perfect. We don't know everything. We're not saying that we're right about any of this. Um, We're simply just trying to figure it out for ourselves and hoping that we can inspire some of you in the process. So I thank you guys for your feedback. I thank you for your love, for your support, for the listens, for the comments, for the likes, um, for the heartfelt messages. 
for everything. Um, we're truly grateful for it, and uh, we can't see, can't wait to see where this journey continues to take us with you guys. So there you have it, and um, we will be seeing you soon. Episode sixteen, Weed and Faith, is going to be up next Wednesday. Wink, wink. Have a good week. <laughs>